Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. to your Friday evening. We're kicking off your Memorial Day weekend here on the Patrick Johnson Show. I'm Trent McGee in for PJ again today. Derek Alcorn donning his Michigan t-shirt behind the glass this afternoon. A long afternoon for you, Derek. You just uh, produced ECU's big-time win over Memphis a short time ago. Good to see you, my man. It's good to see you too, man. I haven't seen you in a long time. What's up with the Michigan shirt? Uh, Dad's been a Michigan fan for as long as I can remember, so we've always been Wolverine fans, even though I'm from Kansas. So it's a little, little uh, confusing sometimes. Okay, all right, nothing wrong with that. Just wanted to uh, get some clarity on that. Saw the Michigan T-shirt when I came in, so I thought I'd ask you about that. Good to see you too. Happy Memorial Day weekend to you. Thanks for being with us here for the next hour on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. And speaking of ECU, plenty of ECU baseball to get to. Here this evening, but first, I want to start today's show by giving a special hello to my little four-year-old beauty, Emery McGee, who is riding around Greenville right now with her grandparents. I believe they're on the way to get ice cream. Emery withstood the rigorous academic requirements, Derek, of pre-K and graduated this morning. She played a small role in today's ceremony and did a wonderful job. Congratulations. Thank you. And I think any parent can attest to this. Watching your kids do something that makes them happy, that puts a smile on their face, gives you the best feeling in the world. And it was such a joy to watch her do that this morning. So, Emery, I'm proud of you. I love you more than you will ever know. And enjoy your ice cream. She loves cotton candy ice cream. Plenty of good spots to get to get a nice cone this afternoon in Greenville. So I hope uh, hope she heard that, and I hope she knows, if she's listening, how much Daddy loves you. Big win for the Pirates this afternoon. ECU now 40-14 and 14 on the season. Third consecutive season that the Pirates have hit that 40-win mark. They avenge a loss to Memphis earlier in the week with a fantastic outing today. They shut out the Tigers 12 to nothing. Interesting stat for Memphis. All three of their games in the tournament were run-rule games. An 11-1 win over ECU on Tuesday, a 17-1 loss to UCF on Wednesday, and a 12-0 loss to ECU today. Pretty phenomenal stat. Not in favor of the Tigers, but interesting there for Memphis. ECU will play UCF tomorrow at 9 a.m., And if they win, they will play UCF again Saturday afternoon. So the Pirates have to win two tomorrow to advance to the finals of the American Baseball Championships. And I think many thought after Tuesday, being where they are now might not be a possibility. And I think many may have thought with the way they performed Tuesday in that loss to Memphis that the Pirates, you know, don't have a shot at getting to the championship game. That may have changed now. 
big-time performance today, big turnaround, a, a tale of two tapes when you look at what the Pirates did against the Tigers on Tuesday compared to today. Another fantastic outing for the American Conference's Pitcher of the Year, Gavin Williams. The six foot six Fable native was lights out today, allowed just four hits, all singles, walked a pair, 10 strikeouts on the afternoon, complete game shutout for Gavin. His fastball was popping. Man, was it popping today. Had some tail on it. When it would rise, he found the spots too in the zone. Looked good. And this offense just feeds off Williams. They average 10 runs a game behind Gavin, and they just tend to play better when they're behind their ace. And I think that's the case for every team across the country, but certainly the case for ECU. When you can say that you're averaging 10 runs a game behind your best pitcher, that says a lot. And Gavin, again, was fantastic today. It was all about him. He's now 10-0 on the season. ERA right around 1.45, I believe, 1.48 maybe. He's one of the best in the country. Top 10. Sixth, I believe, to be exact. And with his 10 strikeouts today, Williams now has 108 Ks on the season. Another number that puts him right up there amongst the top pitchers in the nation. Now, ECU split the regular season matchup with UCF in Greenville. During the regular season, they'll have to take down the Knights twice tomorrow. UCF has been hot. They've scored 31 runs and pounded out 28 hits through two games in the tournament. And I think you'll be hard-pressed to find any team in the country that has put up 31 runs in their conference tournament. They hit seven, a record seven home runs. I should say a league tournament record. Seven home runs in their win over Memphis on Wednesday. So their offense is really rolling right now. We'll see if Carson Wisenhunt gets a start tomorrow for ECU. Pirates go with Tyler Smith on Tuesday, Matt Bridges on Wednesday, Gavin Williams today. We'll see if Wisenhunt gets the call tomorrow. Again, the Pirates have to win that 9 a.m. game tomorrow. We'll have all the coverage for you right here on 94.3 The Game, beginning at 8.45. Derek, will you be here for that too? Yes, sir, I will be here. So it could potentially be a long Saturday for you, potentially. Potentially. I hope that it is. I'm rooting for our boys either way. Um, I hope that it is a long day for you because you will be here for that game tomorrow, which will wrap up sometime. We're thinking around 12:30 or so, maybe a little bit after. It depends. You know, ECU has a tendency to play very long games at times. And if they win, they'll play again tomorrow afternoon. Not exactly sure of that time yet. We'll find out moving forward. But – as Coach Gary Overton said today during the broadcast, two games tomorrow, but it's one game right now. They have to win that first game. That's going to be huge for ECU. We'll see if they can get that done tomorrow. Then we'll find out Sunday night when the 16 regional tournament sites are announced if ECU will indeed host a regional. I think that they will. I am 100% confident that they will. And I still thought going into this, Derek, that they were going to host, even if they had lost the first two games of this tournament. We'll wait and find out. The field of 64 is going to be announced on Monday, but all of uh, ECU's baseball fans, those eyes will be glued to the TV Sunday night to find out if Greenville will be a regional host site. I hope that it will. We'll set up for a big weekend here coming up next weekend. A lot happening in Greenville over the course of the next week, and this will add to that excitement if the Pirates are chosen as a regional site. They were in uh, when the uh, predicted 
sites came out a couple weeks ago. They were in that field. So I think they're going to be there. And again, we'll have to wait and see what teams will join ECU here in Greenville. Could it be NC State? Perhaps. The Wolfpack will take on North Carolina tonight at 7 o'clock in the ACC baseball tournament. Wolfpack beat Pitt 3-2 Thursday night. And regardless of tonight's outcome in that game, NC State will play in the semifinal tomorrow at 5 o'clock against Georgia Tech. I'm not a fan of the way the ACC tournament format is put together. It's a four-round, a four-group, uh, three-team round-robin deal with the winner of each grouping playing in a single elimination tournament for the semifinals and finals. I'm just not a fan of that. I don't like meaningless games in, in a tournament of any kind. And tonight's game is pretty much a meaningless game. Now, it could favor NC State. One more win on their resume could bode well for their calls when the field of 64 is announced on Monday. I tell you what, if NC State is in that regional mix with ECU, that is going to be fantastic because we know there's no love lost when it comes to any sport with ECU and NC State. That would be great for the regional here, and I would love to see it. Again, I mentioned this on the show yesterday, NC State playing really, really good baseball. They've won seven of their last eight. Big win over Pitt last night, I think. You know, the the North Carolina-NC State matchup tonight, again, pointless game, but you never know when those two meet. You know, it wouldn't surprise me a bit if the Tar Heels come out on top tonight, but I think NC State will win. They'll play Georgia Tech tomorrow. And listen, if they win the ACC championship, tournament championship, who knows what could happen with them. That's really going to help the Wolfpack come, uh, come Monday, I think, when the committee is looking at what they've done over the course of the season. And one of the biggest turnarounds from the first half of the season to now, uh, they've made some turnaround as NC State. So we'll find out what they do. But again, ECU back in action tomorrow, 9 a.m. right here on 94.3 The Game, 8.45 airtime. Corey Glora and the coach, Gary Overton. The Pirates will have to win two tomorrow to advance. And they've played a lot of baseball. Uh, You look back now at Tuesday's game, Wednesday, and playing today. It's a lot of baseball over the course of the uh, five days. And uh, if they win, of course, there's going to be more. So best of luck to ECU tomorrow. We'll have more on, uh, on today's game and ECU baseball throughout the duration of this show. Some other college baseball news from today and some big news. Legendary LSU baseball coach Paul Maneri, number one among active coaches in career wins, announced today he plans to retire at the end of the season. He's 63 years old, 15-year run in Baton Rouge, the 2009 National Championship, five College World Series appearances. LSU was knocked out of the SEC tournament earlier this week. That dropped the Tigers to 34-22 and 22 on the season. Now there are two SEC baseball jobs that are now open. LSU, and I do not envy at all the person that has to fill the shoes of Paul Maneri in Baton Rouge and at Texas A&M. So SEC, the SEC is arguably, and I don't think arguably, I think it is the best baseball conference in the country. So those are two very attractive jobs for anyone, certainly the LSU job. Very interested in seeing who they choose to go after there in Baton Rouge. And now we've seen two legendary college coaches in 2021 in two different sports announce their retirements. Roy Williams in Chapel Hill with Carolina, and now Paul Maneri in Baton Rouge. So we're seeing, uh, we've seen 2020, 
2020, of course, has brought us unthinkable things and situations. And now here in 2021, we've seen uh, two of uh, the college game's best at their respective sports make the decision to step away from the game in Williams and Paul Maneri. Hey, going to give you a chance to win this afternoon, if you're listening. We're going to give away a Bojangles gift card. That'll be good for you to, you know, get your uh, jump start your Memorial Day weekend. I know that many of you out there right now are headed to the beach, as is the case for many in eastern Carolina. I think the, uh, the roads have been busy since 12 noon. Uh, I think AAA estimated about a million people expected to hit the road this afternoon. We're in North Carolina for the Memorial Day weekend, and travel is going to be up the entire weekend. 37 million Americans expected to travel at least 50 miles this holiday weekend. It's up 61% over last year. And, Derek, it's so good to see. I'm so glad people are out and about doing things. And this time last year, it was just, man, what do you say? It was a grim kind of feel to everything because no one knew what was going on. No one knew what to expect for the future. And COVID was just wreaking havoc, as it still is. Don't get me wrong. It's still out there. I'm not downplaying it. But we have come such a long ways since Memorial Day of last year. Any big plans for you this weekend? Um, I'm ready to go outside and go enjoy the beach without my mask. That's the biggest part I'm ready for. I'm with you. I'm with you there. And speaking of the ACC baseball tournament in Charlotte, busy weekend coming up in Charlotte. ACC baseball tournament continuing tonight and throughout the weekend. NASCAR in the Queen City. For Sunday's Coca-Cola 600, BetMGM has Kyle Larson as a favorite to take home the checkered flag in Sunday's race. Denny Hamlin right now still leading NASCAR's point series heading into Sunday, so a busy weekend in the Queen City. Coming up at the bottom half of this hour, we're going to revisit an interview that Patrick had with the Cobra, Dave Parker, former Major League Baseball player who was a seven-time All-Star, 1978 National League MVP. Parker has been battling Parkinson's since 2012. So we're going to revisit that interview that Patrick had with Dave Parker, who was a phenomenal player back in his day. So stay tuned for that. We'll take our first time out. Come back. More to come. Your chance to win. Stand by. We'll give you the cue to call for that Bojangles gift card here on the Patrick Johnson Show. I'm Trent McGee. He's Derek Alcorn. More to come here on 94.3 The Game. Trent McGee in for Patrick Johnson this afternoon on the Patrick Johnson Show. 94.3 The Game. Glad to have you along with us here. 18 past the hour on this Friday afternoon, Memorial Day weekend. This news just coming down the wire moments ago. Shane Winkler has been named the head softball coach at East Carolina. John Gilbert made that announcement moments ago. Winkler was the head coach at George Washington for the past three seasons. He's become or becomes the fifth head coach in ECU softball history now, replacing Courtney Oliver, who was the head coach for the past six seasons. So Shane Winkler, now the new head softball coach at ECU. He was 91-43 at GW. In fact, they captured the school's first two A-10 championships, sharing the title in 2019 before claiming the first outright championship this past season. So good hire there for John Gilbert and ECU with Shane Winkler, who now replaces Courtney Oliver. So ECU has found, has filled one vacancy. The golf vacancy is still out there. Derek, I thought about throwing my name in the hat for that, that job. I'm not sure if I'm qualified for it. But Can I do that too? Why not? Why not? 
Gavin Williams today, 94 pitches, 67 strikes. His ERA is now 1.20. He was phenomenal today. He didn't pitch the first two games, but you couldn't tell today. I think he was the MVP hands down today. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he had everything working for him. And again, I go back to what I said earlier. The offense just tends to play so much better with Gavin on the mound. And rightfully so. I mean, they had 10 hits today, but the Pirates did draw nine walks. And that's one thing that hurt Memphis, obviously, the walks today, and that's hurt them the entire season. Cincinnati on Wednesday had a handful of walks against the Pirates, so the Pirates got some help in that regard from from both teams. But you take what you can get. You make the most of it. But uh, 10 hits today. Connor Norby continues to be one of the hottest hitters in the country. He was two for three today, three RBIs, a run scored. Zach Agnos, Alec Makarevich, they both had two hits. So now we have, you know, we came, ECU came into this game today with only two players having collected multiple hits through the first two games of the tournament. And now we had three players today with multiple hits. So a big offensive output today. From ECU, Bryson World, big three-run home run there in the sixth. Helped break that game open. So ECU now 40-14 and 14 on the season. Again, I mentioned this earlier. They've now hit the 40-win mark three times. Going back to 2018. Can't count 2020, the pandemic COVID year. So don't want to count that one. But ECU now 40-14. and 14. We'll go for win number 41 tomorrow when they take on UCF, 9 a.m., 8.45 airtime right here on 94.3, the game. Again, Dave Parker coming up, bottom half of this hour, an interview that Patrick had with the former MLB great earlier this year. want to congratulate two ECU junior pole vaulters, Summer Knight. She won a jump off in the pole vault Thursday night to secure the 12th and final spot in the NCAA Outdoor Championship. She won the American Athletic Conference title a couple weeks ago in Tampa, so congratulations to Summer Knight with that win Thursday night. On the ice last night, if you stayed up to watch it, it was a late game, but the Hurricanes were victorious. You follow hockey, Derek, at all? I don't. I think that's the one sport I don't follow. You're not alone. But game one of the second-round series now between Tampa Bay and the Hurricanes will be Sunday, 5 o'clock. Hurricanes finishing off the Predators Thursday night, 4-3 in overtime in six games. Fourth consecutive overtime game for the Hurricanes. Tampa Bay moved on Wednesday. They knocked out Florida in their six-game series. Tampa Bay is the defending Stanley Cup champion, so the Hurricanes will have to play their best hockey to beat them. It's going to be the first time these two franchises have met, have ever met in the postseason. I believe, I believe the regular season series between the two was, was pretty close. I need to check that, but... Nevertheless, Carolina, Tampa Bay, second-round playoff series gets underway at 5 o'clock on Sunday. On the links today, Jason Kokrak, he's taking the lead at the Charles Schwab Challenge. Another 65 today for Jason Kokrak. He had a phenomenal opening round, 65, and then capped that with another 65 today, or I should say followed that with another 65 round today. Jordan Speed, though, is just one shot off the lead, and he is still on the course at nine under. At last check, former ECU golfer Harold Vaughn of the third. 
After a four over 74 in round one, he was right on the cut line, which I believe is one over. And right now, Harold is three under through nine holes today. So he is right there on the cut line, is HB3, hoping he can make that cut here in Fort Worth, Texas, or there in Fort Worth, Texas, and get to play the weekend for HB3. You know, we talked about uh, yesterday, Derek, Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Koepka and they're flapping golf and how it's, it's, it's humorous, a little silly and ridiculous at the same time, but good for golf because golf doesn't really have anything like this. The other sports do. You know, they're, they're, they're individual player rivalries in other sports, players that just aren't fond of one another that tend to kind of mouth off back and forth throughout the season, especially when they face off against each other. But Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Koepka right now have kind of stolen the headlines in terms of their antics, if you will, some of their tweets in golf. It's fun to watch, man. It's fun to watch for me. I think it just gives golf uh, something extra that it normally doesn't have. I think those who treasure the game and really love the game might not find it very appealing for the game of golf because golf is not known for that kind of um, banter between players. But, you know, it's, it's a new generation of golf now. And will Tiger Woods come back? You know, we had Trip Bowden. We played back that Trip Bowden interview who wrote that uh, his recent book about Tiger's 1996 USA matchup against Steve Scott on Thursday's show. And that happened a long time ago there at Pumpkin Ridge, but it's a great story. But, you know, it, it really – Tiger came out yesterday and said this is the most pain he's ever had, this rehab from his crash. It's – look, everyone's saying if anyone can come back, from an injury like this, it's Tiger Woods. And while I want to believe that, because I want Tiger Woods to play again, I think this injury was so horrific. The crash was so horrific. that I just have a hard time right now seeing Tiger coming back and being close to full strength before it's all said and done for him. And I hate to even think about that because it's hard to imagine the game of golf without Tiger Woods being a part of it. He has done so much for the game in terms of increasing its popularity throughout over the course of the past, you know, 20 years. And it's just hard to imagine the game of golf without Tiger Woods. But it's also hard for me to imagine Tiger can come back and compete at a high level. You know, I know with advances in, in rehabilitation and medicine and things, it is certainly possible. I'm not ruling it out completely. It's just hard for me to think that Tiger Woods can come back and compete. You know, after he won the 2019 Masters, people thought, you know, maybe, maybe he could get close to breaking Jack's record. And if anything, Tiger may not say this, but I mean, let's be honest, that would be his goal moving forward, is to break that record. I think that record, should Tiger get there, which is very doubtful, I think, at this point, could be untouchable. I just don't see anyone else coming close to breaking Jack's 18 major championship record. It is something that was so hard to do and it's so hard to play well consecutive weeks and certainly major championships in golf. I think it's one of the hardest sports in the world to compete at a high level each and every weekend. Tiger Woods did that for a long time. It's, what, it's what's made him, in my opinion, the best golfer in the world. Despite him not having reached Jack's record and, and likely not going to reach it, I think. Who knows? I could be wrong. He's 45 years old. 
has a lot of work to do to get back to that point. But it's so hard to do that. And we see it week in, week out. We have a player who hasn't won in a while, like Rory McIlroy, who won at Quill Hollow a couple weekends ago, filled with the PGA. You know, what are those guys going to do? How do they follow up those performances? You know, they're always the favorites going into the next weekend. Then they tend not to play well. And that shows you how good Tiger Woods has, was in his prime because he could win and then win again and then win again. And that's so hard to do in golf. So will he come back? I hope so. I think the game needs it. You know, I hope, I'm, I hope two, three years from now, I'm not saying the game needs it. I hope that someone else emerges as a just flat-out superstar. You know, that's one thing that golf lacks right now is a bona fide superstar. Dustin Johnson was on the verge of being that, you know. But again, you have to win consistently to get to that point. And the way Tiger did it made things so, so special. And that's what made him the superstar, mega athlete, renowned athlete that he is today. It's what, made, it's what makes the greats great. It's what made Jordan the best. It's what made Ali so good. It's what's made Brady so good. Those guys winning consistently at a high level. It's hard to do, man. It's hard to do. I hope Tiger comes back. Of course, wishing him the best in his recovery, but it's, it's hard to come back from an injury like that. And still, the crash still baffles me. I'm still wondering. I know he was speeding, but something just doesn't add up. Something still doesn't feel right about it. I don't know what it is, and I, I don't want to assume things, but something I know, I know certain things were ruled out, and I know people know what I'm talking about, but it still just doesn't add up for me. Something just doesn't feel right about what happened. Maybe it was just one of those things. He, he was speeding, lost control of the vehicle, ran off the road, but... I don't know. I question that. Hope I'm wrong. We may never know. We'll find out. 29 past the hour here. Going to give you a chance to win right now. If you're listening, 252-561-GAME. 252-561-4263. We'll take caller five for that Bojangles gift card right now. Give us a call. 252-561-4263. Get you a Bojangles gift card. If you're on the way to the beach, stop there. Get you a Bojangles biscuit. Get your breakfast in the morning, lunch tomorrow. Give us a call right now. We'll take caller number five, and we'll get a winner here coming up momentarily. We'll take a break, come back, 29 past the hour. Trent McGee for Patrick Johnson here on the PJ Show on 94.3 The Game. Welcome back into the Patrick Johnson Show. I'm Trent McGee here on 94.3 The Game, 94.3thegame.com. We do have a winner of that Bojangles gift card. Steve Hill was caller five. Steve, thanks for listening. Enjoy that good Bojangles biscuit. Nothing like a bacon, egg, and cheese chicken biscuit from Bojangles. You can't beat that, man. That's You, you can't beat that Eastern Carolina taste of a Bojangles biscuit. So congratulations to Steve. It's, if it's the same Steve, I'm thinking it might be. Happy birthday to you, my friend. If it is you, I didn't plant the phone call, but if it's the same one I'm thinking of, happy birthday to Steve Hill, who is the winner this afternoon. We're going to have some, uh, some sound from post-game comments this afternoon from, uh, from Zach Agnos, Gavin Williams, and Coach Gowan after today's big 12-0 win over Memphis. And I believe we have that queued up right now. Derek, let's go to that tape. 
Um, first game, Tuesday wasn't great. Knew we uh, didn't want to go two and Q, so stepped it up. Coach Godwin got us ready. Gavin and um, the bullpen had a good day the past two days. When you look at this game today, as, as far as, as what you were expecting, was this pretty much what it was? You want to go out and dominate? Yeah, I was just trying to fill up the strike zone. I knew all the hitters were ready. I knew they were going to compete up there in the box. So started and ended with Gavin. Really needed a strong performance by him. Uh, that's as good as he's pitched all year. I think it's his longest outing. I have no idea how many strikeouts he had, but I thought he was as good in the seventh. I thought he was actually better in the seventh than he was in the first inning. Really good stuff. Pounded the strike zone. Three pitches for strikes. Uh, can't say enough about him. Uh, look, he, he's uh, as good as any ace that we've ever had here at East Carolina, so hats off to him. He had ten, Coach. He had ten games this afternoon. Yeah, you know. And I think Cliff Galvin just said it. He's one of the best pitchers I think ECU baseball has ever had. And that's that's quite the statement to make, but I think it's certainly true. Big day for him. That was Zach Agnos, Gavin Williams, and head coach Cliff Galvin this afternoon. Brian Bailey on the uh, asking the questions there from WNCT. Good job by you, Derek, pulling that audio pretty quickly. But, you know, I, I think that's something that uh, – Many fans would agree with, with with what Cliff said about Gavin Williams as being one of the top pitchers that ECU has ever had. I mean, he, man, he just he pounded the zone all day long today, and that fastball, Memphis just couldn't catch up to it. You know, he's going to be one you hate to lose. He's a junior. He could have gone last year. He'll go this year. He was good enough to go last year. Certainly glad he came back because if Gavin Williams doesn't come back, you're seeing now how much better of a team ECU is and how much better of a season they have had and we're going to have with Gavin Williams back. So I think anyone who follows ECU baseball would say, thank goodness that Gavin Williams came back this season. He makes that much of a difference. Missed the first part of the season due to injury. Complete game shutout today and was phenomenal. And again, the offense behind him today exploded. And Connor Norby, I've said it time and time again, hate to beat a dead horse, but Connor Norby has just been lights out. I mean, he continues to be one of the best leadoff hitters in the country and has shown it time and time again for ECU and did so again today. Three home runs in the tournament for Connor Norby. We'll take another break here. When we come back, I mentioned that interview with Dave Parker that Patrick had earlier this year right here on the Patrick Johnson Show. We're going to revisit that interview. Dave Parker has been battling Parkinson's since 2012, he's a seven-time All-Star, the 1978 National League MVP. And Dave Parker was a fantastic player, the Cobra, as they called him. We'll revisit that interview on the other side. Stay with us here. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Oh, there we go. Dave Parker joins us here. It's great to talk to you, Dave Parker. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? Uh, We're great. We're in the heart of pirate country in Greenville, North Carolina, Greenville, America, the ECU Pirates. You're uh, known for, obviously, a tremendous major league career, but a world champion and MVP. Uh, Of course, the champion with the A's, but champion with the Pittsburgh Pirates. So one pirate to another, we say R to you here. 
and welcome you uh, right. to Pirate Nation. Uh, a new book out that Dave Parker uh, has. Uh, the book uh, takes you inside the Cobra uh, with uh, his uh, brand new book, and uh, it is entitled Cobra, A Life of Baseball and Brotherhood. This is some pretty uh, raw and real uh, stuff here. You didn't hold, I mean, you didn't hold back as a player uh, on the field and, and uh, in the media, and I, I think this is uh, right up there with that. You didn't hold back in this book. No, I didn't. I mean, this uh, book brings back a lot of memories. Guys that I played with, brotherhood, being a part of it. These guys were truly my brother, and uh, I've got a perfect time to let people know just how good we were as a team and how we felt about each other. I love the uniforms of those 70s Pittsburgh Pirates. How did you guys feel about the? That was my the, the, the retro hat craze in that first round of it when I was a kid. Um, I love the Expos hat, and I love the old Pittsburgh. So I had an old Pittsburgh Pirates hat, and I would wear that thing occasionally because I just it was so cool. The, the, the they were they were so gaudy and loud. The, the old stovetop, I loved it. Did you love the stovetop hat? Yeah, I got about four of them around the house that I saved through the playoffs and World Series. Like the genuine uh, original ones is what you're saying, right? Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Wow. Do they still fit pretty well, or do you still put them on occasionally? I always had a big head, but I didn't take it away from <laughs> baseball. Uh, Dave Parker with us. Uh, he's got a new book, Cobra, A Life of Baseball and Brotherhood. Uh, I was sort of um, uh, stunned to, to learn a few years ago, and then getting ready for this, uh, had that memory rekindled. Uh, and you do talk about this in the book, about uh, – you you were diagnosed with Parkinson's disease uh, a handful of years ago, and uh, that's part of your everyday now. Uh, how how are you doing with that? Uh, and again, you do go into some of it in the book. Well, you know, it's a, a situation where you got to deal with the hand that's dealt, and uh, that's what I do because every day is something different. Parkinson is. Uh, a disease that they really don't know that much about. And uh, I deal with it, you know, day by day, spend time with my grandchildren, help youth uh, in the neighborhood, learn how to hit, you know. So I do stuff to stay occupied. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're, you're back in Cincinnati now where you grew up. You played with the Reds a little bit in between the Pirates and, and the A's. Uh, and I look back, uh, you had a chance to to play for, for Pete Rose, and there were a lot of people who, uh, you know, talked about you played like Pete Rose played. Even though you were a five-tool guy, you played your heart out every single time. I mean, there was uh, one of our listeners reminding me today on social media about, uh, you know, these two throws in an All-Star game. I think it was the 78, I don't remember if it was the 78 or 79 All-Star game, but, I mean, you make these two great throws uh, in, in that game. So even in the All-Star game, you were going all out all, all, all of that time. And is that just from watching the way Pete Rose played the game as you were growing up? No, that's just a, a style of ball that they played in Cincinnati. I had exceptional speed, so keeping me off a second on a, a ground ball to the outfield was virtually impossible. But uh, that was a style of ball that Cincinnati played, and Pete Rose made it famous. 
know, Charlie Hustle. That's what he was. He was mm-hmm. Charlie Hustle. And then didn't one of the managers, Chuck Tanner, I guess you were a little advanced in your career at that point, but didn't he tell you you played too hard? Chuck would set me out if we had a big series coming up because of my style of play. Wow. Because uh, I was physical. I would run over catchers, dive for balls, slide in the fences. So I was I was physical, and uh, Chuck knew it. And if we had a, a series coming up that was important, he'd give me a half a day off or a full day. Uh, we've got Dave Parker with us here. Uh, we, we had the uh, Sister Sledge tune coming into 79, uh, and obviously the great Willie Stargell was sort of the, the leader of the team, but you were kind of the energy guy on those great Pittsburgh teams, particularly the one that won the World Series. That, that's what I've always, I've always read. And, and you tried to keep it loose in the clubhouse, didn't you, Dave? Right. That was my job. I was a sergeant of arms. Um <laughs> I kept everybody laughing and loose. Uh, Madlock used to tell me all the time that uh, I was, uh, I got a a house full of people just walked in. Oh, that's fine. That's all right. That's okay. Look, it's like that that clubhouse with Madlock and then Doc Ellis in it. I mean, you were the number one character in that clubhouse, and those guys were some characters. So I know you're the number one character right now in the house you're in right now. Right, <laughs> evidently not. <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of I don't a lot of personalities. Let's just say uh, on that '79 team, though. And I mean, you you mentioned Bill Medlock and then uh, Doc Ellis, uh, Bill Garner, and you kind of famously ribbed each other in everything I've read over the years. You guys were really kind of giving each other a hard time, but it was done, you know, from a place with love. It had a little edge to it. It was that all part of just keeping things fun and loose and, and spontaneous in the clubhouse? Yeah, that's the way we liked it. Bill was a, a clubhouse lawyer. He always <laughs> uh, had something to say about whatever the situation was. Yeah. And he used to keep me off because he would go take my music out of the stereo and put his in, and his was heavy country western. <laughs> and I was like, I was like more... Uh, Sly Stone. Yeah. And uh, he's having fights about that. And guys would come to the ballpark early just to see us go at each other. <laughs> but Phil and I, we just loved each other. And that, that was a part of one of the rape relationships I established. Uh, we've got the great Dave Parker, uh, played uh, and was the MVP in 78. Multiple All-Stars, played with the Pirates, 79 World Champs, went to Cincinnati, his hometown team, as a free agent, got to play for Pete Rose. And and I have a a Pete Rose and Barry Bonds question, which I'm sure you've been asked a million times, but I wanted to ask that to you. But then you go to the A's uh, a little later in your career and win a a world title there. And I was explaining to our producer, Ben, I always viewed you as kind of the the, the third Bash brother in that lineup. Would Would that be an accurate? I mean, I know you were bringing a lot of experience, and other tools to the game, but it just as a as a kind of a young baseball fan, when I you would see McGuire and Conseco and Dave Parker, I thought all these guys do is is hit home runs. It's amazing. Yeah, we uh, had a squad of Bass brothers. Yeah, Conseco uh, and McGuire and myself. We used to intimidate the opposing pitcher. They didn't even want to stay outside and watch us take BP <laughs> because. Uh, 
we uh, were the original Bash Brothers. Yeah. Let me ask you this, uh, and again, I know you've been asked this before, and we'll we'll mix McGuire in there. Uh, Pete Rose, Hall of Fame or no, in your opinion? Uh, Hall of Fame. You know, deal with him for what he did on the field. He's the hit king, for God's sake. You know, and, and he's a strong believer of, you know, Hall of Fame members and all-star members are guys that did it on the field. And that's what he wanted to be graded on, yeah. what he did on the field. Yeah. Uh, Barry Bonds, obviously, much like yourself, an icon in Pittsburgh, even though I think a lot of people remember the San Francisco part of his career, for better or for worse. But uh, his time prior to San Francisco, and even in the early years at San Francisco, you could take the first half of his career and just say, that alone makes him Hall of Fame worthy. Does, does Bonds ever get in? Well, Barry was the best player in baseball for a few years. And uh, when I heard his possible use of that substance, made me think why. He, he was the best going all-around player that they had for about three years. McGuire, you played with him in Oakland. He's uh, kind of done his mea copa and is back in the game or has been back in the game coaching. Uh, does Does that – where he's admitted his transgressions, does that get him into the Hall of Fame, perhaps before the other two guys? And does he does he belong in the Hall of Fame, in your estimation? Well, I tell you, it didn't take no rocket scientist to know that it was abnormal, some of the balls that he hit. Yeah. I was a hitting instructor for him, mm-hmm. uh, St. Louis, during that home run race. And uh, like I said, it didn't take a, a rocket scientist to to see that what he was doing was kind of abnormal, but you had to hit it. You know, they didn't just didn't sit on the tee for you. Yeah. You had to hit it. So, Dave, did you did you sort of suspect something funny was going on there in 98? Well, I, I knew they needed something to bring baseball back to the fans. Right, yeah. Uh, so the fans had kind of lost it for a minute, and they needed a Sammy Sosa and McGuire home run battle. I think that brought baseball back to in the status that it was accustomed to being. Yeah. If there's one thing you would want to be known for in your career, uh, Dave, what would it be? That I played the game the way it should be played. I hustled on every ball at the first base, regardless of where it was hit, directly at the first base and the second base and whoever. And uh, I uh, enjoy playing with uh, my peers. I mean, baseball was something that I love, and I wanted to display that in this book. And uh, I'm glad that it's getting out there. If you want a book that really uh, not only remembers a real fun time in baseball, but also uh, takes a real raw and honest look at uh a career and at baseball, Cobra, a life of baseball and brotherhood. Dave Parker, uh, the uh, former NL MVP, world champion, a couple of times over. Uh, this has been fun. I really enjoy you, uh, enjoyed you uh, taking a few minutes to speak with us here, and it was great, a great honor for me to talk to you, and uh, best of luck with the book, and uh, hopefully uh, somewhere down the road we can maybe catch up with you soon. That would be nice. I would enjoy that. All right. Thank you, Dave. Great to speak to you. Thanks for the time.
All right. Take care, guys. There he goes. World Series champion, seven-time All-Star, 1978 NL MVP, Dave Parker. Great interview there that Patrick had with Dave Parker. Check out his book if you get the chance. We'll make for a great Memorial Day weekend read. PJ will be back on Tuesday. We'll take Monday off. No show to enjoy the Memorial Day holiday. NBA fans, there are a few of you out there, I'm sure. Not many, you know, who listen to this show, but I'm sure there's some. Playoffs continue tonight. Knicks and Hawks, 7 o'clock in Game 3. That series tied at one game apiece. Nets and Celtics in Boston tonight, 8.30. Brooklyn with a 2-0 series lead in that one. Clippers and the Mavericks tonight in Game 3 of their first-round Western Conference series. Mavs have jumped out to a 2-0 series lead in that one. 9.30 tip-off from Dallas. So a lot going on. It's a fun time of the year with college baseball. NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. We're 90, I think, seven days away from the start of the college football season. Of course, on Thursday, ECU start times were announced for its season opener against Appalachian State, 7.30 there from Charlotte in the Duke's Mayo Classic Bowl, something like that. Uh, ECU and South Carolina, ECU's home and opener, 12 noon. And the Navy game was set for 3.30. I believe the USF game was also set for 7.30 there uh, for ECU. So we're gearing up for football here, and we are getting ready to go. It should be an exciting time for ECU football in the fall. Looking forward to seeing what uh, Mike Houston and company put on the field here in 2021. I think the expectations will be high, as they should be. 20 of 22 starters back for this football team. Offense has the pieces in place. If the O-line plays better, I think you will see a very much improved offense from ECU in 2021. Some key defensive pieces back. On the back end, Jaquan McMillan. Rick DeBrayu back in the middle. Xavier Smith. So this football team, I think, will have high expectations for themselves. And I think the fans will too. And what's going to be so great about football coming up in 2021, is that the fans will be able to enjoy being back inside Dowdy Ficklin Stadium in 2021. And I know the players want that. I know Mike Houston wants that. I certainly want that. Derek, I know you want that. It was so different last season. And I hope and pray we never, ever in our lifetimes or anyone's lifetimes have to go through another football season like we did a season ago. Hopefully that's all behind us, and we can look forward to a much different 2021, a sense of normalcy, if you will, with college football here coming up in 2021. Again, don't forget ECU, UCF, 9 a.m. tomorrow, 845 airtime right here on 94.3. The game of the Pirates have to win two tomorrow to advance. We'll find out if they can do that first thing in the morning at 9 a.m. there from Clearwater. Corey Glor, the coach, Gary Oakton on the call for that one. Derek will be behind the Glass producing that game. Thanks again to you, Derek Alcorn. Have a great Memorial Day weekend and to you as well. We'll see you back here on Tuesday on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Greenville's premier.